flesh walked through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will realize that there is something ahead. Something that lurks behind the dark veil. A veil that is beyond our own comprehension. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. We are back for our Rutger Hauer episode, where we talk about... Rutger Hauer? You mean Rutger Sauer? Rutger Sauer. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be talking about Rutger Hauer and two movies that we picked that were in the horror genre that he was in. Uh, He did do a lot of action films and drama films in the middle of the 90s. Well, we should say two 90s. Yeah, 90s horror Rutger. So we're going to pick a couple of movies. Like I said, we picked uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and we also picked Split Second. Yes. And uh, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Rucker Hauer. He's been a big part of a lot of movies since like 1969. He's Dutch and he actually did not want to change his name to something more American sounding because at the time he thought, well, I'm just going to act for a little bit and it's not a big deal. I don't really want to do it. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> but his name stuck and it was very unique. So you have to give him credit. Like he he didn't have to change his name and it is pretty unique. I mean, he has a lot of international reputation. He's done romantic leads, action heroes, villains. He was basically born in the Netherlands. He has been in a lot of underground films as well as big films. Mm-hmm. He's done a little bit of both. Um, There are some movies that I have very fond memories of. Obviously, he was in the movie Blade Runner, Mm -hmm. which was probably his best role I think he's ever done. He also was in The Hitcher, which he actually did his own stunts for, uh, driving the car because he's a huge car nut. And he was also in the movie Blind Fury, which was about him being blind and being some sort of a furious person well i think his character was based off of another character in japan where he was a blind samurai but they tried to make him into an american character of some sort and it's kind of a comedy but the funny thing is is he's actually colorblind Mm. so he's a kind of like most men no not most men most men are only men only men are colorblind most men are colorblind really i feel like they are I don't know about that. I, I know that the only people that can be colorblind are men. He was in the movie Wedlock, which was changed to Deadlock at the sa- at last second. Also, if you're like me, as far as his career films, your favorite movie of Rucker Howard's is Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's a great film of that's his. one that needs to be mentioned at all points in time. That was his like comeback fast. film, it I pretty think. pretty much was. In to- I mean, for 2011, it was essentially his comeback film because it had been something first thing he'd done in a while um however it's it's my favorite rucker howard sure 
So. No, I understand. And I love Blade Runner. Don't like. But don't get me wrong. There was some movies I really wanted to talk about that were just in the 80s that weren't there. I couldn't yeah, do Yeah, we'll it. have to do an 80s month, so it's fine. Maybe, I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Rucker Howard 2. I am totally okay with a follow-up on Rucker Howard 2.0. Right. Which would be strictly 80s Rucker Howard. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I love 80s movies, so let's do it. Well, he also <laughs> did some of the movies called uh, Cross Worlds, which was kind of like a sci-fi movie. Uh, Turbulence 3, which is pretty much downhill after the first one, I think. Uh, he also was in a movie called uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which was really cool. That's kind of a big budget film. Mm-hmm. He was in the movie called The Right with, what's his name from? Silence of the Lambs. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Which was about Anthony Hopkins being a priest. And there's some funny things that he says in that movie that I always kind of laugh at. I feel like Rucker Hauer is just an actor that is in a lot of films that you don't realize he's in. Oh, yeah. He's one of those Well, he's not a bit actor. He's not necessarily a bit actor, but a lot of the characters he plays are smaller roles. Um, Example, Sin City. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are huge Sin City fans, but they don't remember or recall the fact that Rucker Hauer is in Sin City, which he is. And Batman Begins. And Batman Begins. Right. But that's a small part. Same with in Sin City it's a very it's a smaller character so he's definitely one of those actors that if you're not familiar with his film resume he may be one of those people that surprises you where you go oh it's that guy right one of those oh it's that guy and for a lot of you young bucks out there Mm -hmm. young lasses still a young buck so (laughs) you may not know him as well as some of our old old fucks (laughs) (laughs) did you know that um you know Paul Verhoeven's Robocop Mm mm-hmm before Peter Weller was cast, he was actually going to be... They wanted Rucker Howard to be Robocop. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that for a second? Like, how that would have been? I totally can. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can, and I feel like it would have been great. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of... like. But if you take... I, I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from, where you'd be a little bit on the fence about it, because if I take, like, early Rucker Howard films and... In comparison to RoboCop, I get a little bit skeptical about it. But Rucker Howard, a little bit later in his acting career as RoboCop, could have worked. Maybe. Could have worked very well, I feel like. However, I think they made the right choice, ultimately. Well, when he, you say later, I mean, he started in 69. No, he so did. But I mean, like, you know, that was like almost later 30 years. 90s, mid to late 2000s. Like, anything after probably, like, 98 for him sure. was a little bit more serious and he started to get to me he it felt like he started to take on more serious roles mm-hmm. and really prove his acting chops well it's weird and because like to, if you look at his resume it's like it's sprinkled absolutely. like he does like really big roles and he does really cheese dick roles and you're just like wait didn't you just act in this big ass no, movie he's absolutely all over the place <laughs> he was really relevant enough that there was a movie called Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles, there was an interview about it, and Rucker Hauer was Anne Rice's original vision for Lestat when the book was being written. So she envisioned him as a vampire, as this character. Which, if you are even moderately well-versed in the character of Lestat and the story behind him, Mm -hmm. I feel like him as an actor makes sense to play that role. He's... He's done a lot of vampire roles, which is really weird. So, and the weird, and even the weirder thing is, is that it says here that like a lot of people thought Julian Sands was going to play the part, 
they said that that was his her first choice, but he did not even begin to show up in films and television till like 1982. Right. So she, there's no way that she would have even known about it. But Rutgers been since he's been acting since well, technically 68. Or yeah, technically his first major role was in what 69. He probably started even acting in 67, but I guess 68 is the number that they say. It's just interesting because not only did he almost get picked for that role, but he's also played Dracula in Dracula 3 Legacy from 2005. Mm-hmm. He and the arch nemesis of Dracula, Van Helsing, in Dracula 3D 2012, which was a Dario Argento film. Shout out Dario Argento. Right. <laughs> but it says, ironically, Christman, who was the Dracula character in that movie, went on to play the role of Van Helsing on a television series called Dracula in 2013, a year after that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting, like all over the fucking map. He was even offered a role in the the big movie called Das Boot, which was from <laughs> 1981. And he turned it down, obviously the best choice he could have ever made because it's what sparked his whole fucking career. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner. He wanted yeah. to do Blade Runner. And good it was choice, a good sir. choice. Yeah, good very good choice. choice. Which, by the way, guys, are you excited about the new movie coming up, by the way? Yes. I'm super stoked for it. I wonder if Rutgers is going to be in it. You know what? That'd be great, and I really hope so. I know he fell off the building and he died and all this other stuff, but spoiler alert. He dies in horror. But he's a robot, so maybe someone like resurrected him. I would love to see him in the new one. That'd be great. They maybe not even show him, so who knows? It would be great. Other funny thing about vampires, by the way, that I forgot to mention is that he actually appeared in two different vampire movies with Donald Sutherland. I love Donald Sutherland. First, it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 1992, and then he was in the same movie with Donald Sutherland in Salem's Lot, Mm -hmm. the 2004 version, because there was an older version as well called Salem's Lot based off the Stephen King book as well, or story. So, But yeah, are you a fan of Rutger Hauer? What's some of your favorite movies? I personally love him in Blade Runner. I love the movie Deadlock. I did like Crossworlds, even though it's been a while since I've seen it. I liked him in Split Second here. Blind Fury is actually a really fucking fun hidden gem if you're into, like, Mm -hmm. blind guys with swords. Well, who isn't? In America. I mean, even even not in America. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a Rucker Hauer fan. I have been for a long time. Yeah. I I think he's fantastic. Not only as an actor, but as a person. He's done a lot of very great um, humanitarianism acts. Oh, he is. He's he's Um, an environmentalist. He's a huge environmentalist. um, And he also actually established his own AIDS awareness organization. That's cool. um, Which a lot of people aren't aware of, but it's called Rucker Hauer Starfish Association. Huh. Um, and it's something that, you know, I don't know. He's an incredible human pretty much. That's pretty cool that he's like putting forth that he does have his own autobiography that he published actually in, um, April, I believe of 2007. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he co-wrote it obviously as most autobiographies are co-written with somebody, but it's, it's called all those moments, stories of heroes, villains, Replicants and Blade Runners, hmm. which was co-written with Patrick Quinlan. Yeah, and I said robots. He's um, a replicant. Replicant, yes. Um, in which he actually discusses many of his movie roles, and proceeds from the book that he wrote actually went to the Rucker Hauer Starfish Association. Really? It's hard to say. Rucker Hauer Starfish, Starfish Association. Association, <laughs> which again, if you weren't listening before, is his AIDS Awareness Association. Sweet. Um, so besides the fact that he is a great actor and has been involved since 
the late 60s mm-hmm. um, to present day. He is also a humanitarian and environmentalist and somebody that who has a very strong impact on the world that we currently live in. Sure. He's not just out for himself. Not at all. He's very much out for everybody else. And yeah. he's he's a great person. That's pretty cool. I, I kind of would be interested in to read his book now. Oh, yeah, I absolutely want It'd be kind of cool, you know? It would be, I'm sure it would be very fun. Too bad we couldn't read it before we did this episode. I actually want to huh? pick it up. And also, side note, okay. he is actually a knight in the Order of the Netherlands Lion since oh. 2013. Really? They added him in? Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a huge star like, in not? Netherlands. I feel like most, yeah, yeah He's absolutely. like one of the biggest actors that came out of there, oh, so they're like, fuck, fuck yeah. Yes, he is. So why would we not make him a fucking knight? I mean, <laughs> I would we will now knight you, Sir Blowjob. <laughs> Sir Blowjob. <laughs> Sorry, Rucker. I'm not trying to be a dick. We love you. Alex is an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, it's just kind of weird thinking about it in 2013. You know what I mean? So, but uh, but yeah, guys. I think uh, I think what we should do now is jump into some of the Rucker Hauer movies we've been talking about. Yeah. And we'll go ahead and kick it off with our flesh and potato segment of 90s Rutger Hauer right now. All right, guys, we're back, and we're going to jump into one of the two Rucker Hauer movies we chose for this episode. Obviously, we can't choose everything, but we picked these two because they were closest aligned with the horror genre. First one up is Split Second from 1992. And the story goes, in 2008, London is suffering from the worst flooding in a decade. As the water levels rise, Harley Stone, a neurotic veteran cop who seeks revenge on the creature that killed his partner. As a new rookie is assigned to him, Stone must find the killer, rescue his girlfriend, and fight off his own inner demons as he gets closer and closer to the mysterious enemy. And they called it Creature, but... Quite honestly, in the beginning of the movie, you don't know anything about a creature. Mm -mm. You just know that there is a serial killer of some sort, some sort of killer of of any sort that's going around killing people. And everything that it does is not very creature oriented until they figure out that it is a creature by like some sort of mold from the from one of the The bodies. Yeah. Yeah. They they check the teeth. It's actually the um, the bite that it takes out of the heart. Right. From not the first, but the second victim. Yeah, they do a mold. And they do a mold of the mouth. Right. Um, and then later on in the film, they compare it to the bite that's taken out of Kim Cattrall's right. shoulder. A lot of other things lead up to that fact, too, as, as far as how they did, how they discover and determine this character and this mm-hmm. creature or this monster, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. Well, and Harley Stone, played by Rucker Hauer, is actually, there's he's kind of like a psychic. And he has this connection to the creature because it scratched him. Right. But you don't really figure that out until about halfway through. No. Now, the director of this movie, Tony Malem, born in England, he was uh, one of the he was the director of The Burning, which is a pretty popular slasher movie. Oh shit! There's that whole scene where the person's in the boat and their fingers get cut by the shears, mm-hmm. and their fingers go off in the boat. But it was kind of like a Jason movie. 
Yeah. In some sort of like a Friday the 13th sort of movie. But it it wasn't. Kind of way. A lot of cult following for that movie. There's a lot of people that are lifelong fans of that movie. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to check it out. But also it was written and uh, associate produced by Gary Scott Thompson. And this is going to blow your fucking mind. I know. I'm I'm so ready for this. Please blow (laughs) my mind. Guys, if you don't know who this guy is, Gary Scott Thompson, (laughs) he is the writer for every single one of the Fast and the Furious movies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Like, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, that guy, I I didn't know his name at all. I had no idea. Glorious. But not only did he do the entire franchise for Fast and Furious, which has obviously made him tons of money. A ton of money. Uh, he also was on a part of another franchise, a couple other franchises. He did Hollow Man mm-hmm. 1 and 2. He did the second Time Cop movie, which is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen That's it in a while. Understatement, <laughs> yeah. The first one was actually okay. That was the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, which I, I do oh, like. That one's not terrible. No, I, I didn't mind that one, but I haven't I haven't seen the second one in a long time, and there's probably been a reason. Oh, it's real bad. Uh, <laughs> it's real bad. That's why. Another slight franchise that he was a part of was with uh, Belushi, which was the Canine movies. He did Canine, which was the first movie mm-hmm. about a, a cop, Belushi playing. Is Can it Jim Belushi, right? Jim Belushi. Yeah. And his dog, you know. And or then he did with a cop. the second one was called K911, mm-hmm. which was a straight to video movie. I don't think it did real well. As a lot of 90s films are. Right. Obviously, the cast is Rucker Hauer. We already told you all about him. Kim Cattrall is in this movie. Samantha from Sex in the City. Right. Or AKA. is it sex? What did you call it? Sex in the City. Nope. It's sex in the city. It's sex and the city. Fuck off. I don't give a fuck. It's sex in the city. Do you city. know what I'm talking about I when do I know say what that? You're talk- yes, I know what you're talking about. Ready? Mandela, Mandela Fat. Fuck off. Like, Al- <laughs> Mouse has been on my ass about this shit all the time, and I still swear to fucking Christ. There's a goddamn movie with what's his nuts in it with the fucking can oh, the genie movie. That's not a real Kazam! prevalent. That's not a real prev- prevalent. Um, the the Sex in the City and Sex and the City, whatever it is, it's not as now I can't even remember as far as all the other Mandela effect shenanigans. No, so because whatever. that's one that you could go Sex in the City. It, like anybody could sex, have heard that wrong. It's I'm pretty sure it's actually Sex and the City, but I know it as Sex in the City. That makes more sense to me than Sex I don't remember and now. The city, but it doesn't matter. I think I wrote it down as Sex care. in the city i love the show i love the movies <laughs> they existed <coughs> kim cattrall is samantha the slutty one yeah and she's a hot ass fucking dark haired yeah. vixen she's not lost and her uh, look to too much either she's, she's a badass yeah she Absolutely was also uh, she was actually in uh, big trouble in little china one of my favorite movies she's by john carpenter that had fucking it was just a crazy to me that movie is amazing i love mm-hmm. that movie mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was like we should do that actually. Sometimes. Oh yeah, I haven't. I don't think really we've fun. done it. We haven't. I don't think I have. It would be fun. She was For, also like a John Carpenter like way. I feel like sure. we do a whole month dedicated to John Carpenter. She was also in the movie Porky's Police Academy. Yep. <laughs> and Mannequin. Was she in Manne- part two? Was she what in part? Two? I don't think she was in part two. A mannequin. Yeah. I don't think so. But the funny thing is, one of the girls from from the next movie we're going to be talking about, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Christy Swanson. Oh, yeah. The main, main actor, right. she was in Mannequin 2, mm-hmm. which Rucker Hauer is in both of these movies. Coincidence? Woo! <laughs> 
Also, Alistair Duncan, who is the sidekick slash buddy cop. Alistair Neil Duncan. Is that what it is? Why? Duncan, actually, technically. He was in this movie. This is probably (laughs) his biggest role, I think. Uh, He did a lot of TV shows, a lot of bit parts. He was in Buffy, uh, the Vampire Slayer TV show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Everything. Yeah, he really has been in a lot of stuff. He was in the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Mm -hmm. the remake, and lots of video game voiceover work that he's done. A ton of video game voiceover, a ton of character pieces in television shows and very popular television shows. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you actually look up his body of work. Yeah, it's a lot. You're going to go, holy fuck. And then you're going to realize that's why I know this guy. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did after I, I watched this film. And I went back and said, why do I his face? He's he's that guy. Yeah. You kept saying that he was in something. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe no, I he's in literally like a million things I've seen. He's so. never been in really major starring yeah. roles, but small bit characters. But it doesn't matter. Like, sure. There's still bit characters. I'm not, that I'm mean not something. spitting on him for that. Mm-hmm. He's make he's getting it done. Mm-hmm. Also, one of my one of the characters that wasn't a really big part in it. He played the rat, <laughs> the sewer the rat, rat catcher. The rat catcher, yeah, was Michael J. Pollard, who was yes. in the movie Scrooge. He was the guy with the watch, and he was like, "Can you help pay my my heating bill?" That's probably my biggest movie that I loved him in. Uh, he was also in American Gothic, Dark Angel as Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Also, he did the voice of Psycho in the Toxic Crusaders for the cartoon for fucking Troma. Yes. Which is pretty awesome, too. Like, if you guys ever watch that, shout out. I feel like we need to do a Troma month. That, oh, I want to. I die. I really do want to do please that. Please do that. If you guys want us to do a Troma month, yeah. chime in. Let us know. Cause Maybe not this next one. Not this next <laughs> one. But, I mean, in the, in one of the following months. Yeah, a come, month or two, maybe three months. Month, let us know because I'm totally down to do a trauma month and I'm I'd pretty sure Alex is too and I oh, don't yeah. think we're really going to care whether you chime in or not. We're probably going to do it anyway, but <laughs> trauma films are fantastic. Well, so what do you think of this movie though? Um, I actually, I really enjoyed it. This was probably my favorite. Of the three? Of the three. Um, and I will tell you why because aesthetically this film is absolutely stunning. It was a very slow movie to me as far as it took. It took a good solid probably 20 minutes to really build up to the story. Kick off. Um, however, it took at least a solid about 7 to 10 minutes to really get into even any dialogue in the beginning of the film. Yeah, it takes like five minutes. It does. It's it's a solid time frame. However, it's, it's like I said. But at least they incorporated the credits into the. St- they did. But yeah, I mean, it was a little bit slow. And I felt at times it's a little bit long and yeah. it wasn't necessarily hard to follow, but it got, it had parts where it was a little bit dull. Okay. It was still a great story. It was a very different plot concept than a lot of, a lot of films, especially in its time. Um, they tried to do something completely different. They tried to do something Oh, it original, was different. And they succeeded in that. It was absolutely an original idea. And it was... Well, I don't want to say 100%. Uh, not 100% original. I was going to say, like, let's not suck his dick too hard. Right, but you can see where there's <laughs> there's little bits and pieces that are obviously ripped from other films. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of borrowing going on. A lot. The, and it took place in England, guys, yeah, which is different it's, however, it's, for its time. It's still really fun. It was it's yeah. still a fun film, and it's great concept, great idea behind it. Um, the acting is essentially pretty terrible. Kim Cattrall is great. 
Yeah, she is really and good. And the actor that played his, who ended up being his new partner. The new partner, yeah. Neil, I'm going to forget his last name. Alistair, Alistair Neil Duncan. Neil Duncan mm-hmm. is also fantastic. And Rucker Howard actually is the one to me that falls short in this film as far as acting goes. It's not his best role. It's not. And I, and I feel fun. like a lot of that is part partly due to how his lines were written for him. Um, and a lot of it all boils down to dialogue. Um, however, his delivery a lot of times fell very short. It's not my favorite Rucker Hauer film in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But it is still good, and it's still very him. It's oh, still yeah. very dirty. It's still very raw. It's still very he hard. Was, it felt like he was a little typecasted. Absolutely. He absolutely yeah. was, and that's kind of how I felt about it. I felt like they, they wrote this role specifically kind of for him. Yeah. And they said, these are your lines, and these are how we want you to deliver them. Don't you fucking dare. You think? Like, move around I wouldn't know, but like that. That's a little bit how it felt to me. It okay. doesn't mean that's how it was, but to me, that's how it felt. He felt a little forced, and he didn't feel like he had freedom to really express himself in the character, but that's, that's how I felt about it. He felt sure. a little stifled. Probably my favorite thing I've ever seen Kim Cattrall in. Really? Yeah, and I love her as Samantha. Wait, the, your favorite thing? I, I love her I thought her she was in kick-ass it. in Big Trouble in Little China. Right, okay. Okay. She's pretty badass in that. She is. I love her character. She is. But I really do I really do love her in this film. I thought well, she's kind me, of a sex she, pot, you know. She is at this a time. fucking sex pot in yeah. this. And it's great. And that to me she stole the movie. Yeah. From everybody else, she stole this fucking film. Mm-hmm. From all the other actors and actresses involved, this was her kind of time. To really prove herself. Sure. And she did a great job. And I, I love films that are very strong female leads. Yeah. And she's a strong female lead. Like, she's kind of a bitch at the beginning, but she ends up coming into her own and, like, really, you know, being a sidekick or even a secondary hero. Oh, she owns up to her, her role. She's, she's great. She's like, I can take care of this. No, she shows like, a couple points yeah, in there. She's like, like, I got it. No, she's I'm not good. the helpless little girl you think I am. Exactly, and I love that. And I kind of love that our last couple of weeks have kind of had this little side-rolling theme of strong female characters, because it's pretty great. Well, and you know, it's funny. I forgot to mention this, by the way, guys. There was a they, This movie had a $7 million budget. That's mm-hmm. pretty fucking hefty for this movie. And yes. it at the box office, it only did $5.4 million overall. So... It was technically, technically a box office failure. Right. If it's However, lower than the number, technically they call it a, the the producers and all the people that put the money down consider it a failure if it if it doesn't even make double. Right. Like in, even when it makes double, they're still kind of like, yeah, should we do another one? Let's do it. We'll give you half the budget. See if you could do something with it. Squeeze a couple of dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. But they never made a sequel. So I mean, and it makes sense. My personal thoughts on this, and I have a few things. I don't think it's the best movie, especially that he's done. No. But it did do a lot of different things, I think. Uh, It did borrow a lot, but it did do different things that I've never seen or expected from this type of movie. And Rucker Hauer plays the smart-ass loner psychic cop who kind of lost his partner, which I, it's kind of a typical trope, not original in that sense. It's kind of a buddy cop setup. For a lot of movies, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I lost my my partner before and I'm not going to lose another one. I'm going to be tough as shit to you until you fucking win me over and then I love you and then we work together and win, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Rucker Howard kind of somewhat in this movie, partic- I don't know why, but he just looks older. <laughs> 
in this film and a little bit more run down than in his other movies. Like, I feel like they're trying to portray him that way, though. Sure. The character he's supposed to be playing, like he's been through some shit. He's seen some shit. He he's is, grimy. His character specifically survives on coffee, chocolate, and anxiety. Right, yeah, he eats those donuts. So he, no, he has just bags and bags and bags full of straight of Ray Ray's. chocolate. Yeah, it's called just Ray Ray's, chocolate. right? Yes, and it, I, I believe you're correct, but yeah. it's just straight chocolate. And he drinks coffee with primarily sugar and a shot of coffee and anxiety. He's riddled with fucking anxiety, and it's mostly because of the fact that he still regrets the loss of his partner, his original partner. That, and he also has some weird psychic link to the creature because does, the creature scratched him. Yeah. yeah, he's got him. PTSD. Absolutely. And he's almost like he's almost like a drug addict, but with coffee, chocolate. Coffee and chocolate, not actual yeah. drugs. Right, those are his drugs, or caffeine and sugar. I kind of agree with that, is he looks a lot older in this film than he does in a lot of his other works. Yeah. Especially works that came out later. Right. In this movie, but I feel like that's intentional. It's so weird to me, though, still. Like, I mean, I think I like this movie. I like some of the aesthetics in it and everything like that. But knowing that they had a $7 million budget kind of blows me away. When you see that, it actually disappoints you. Yeah, it does. Compared to the other films that I look at the budgets of, and especially, well, let's, let's and the your... magic that I think of it first off off the top is the hardware movie. I, that's what I was gonna say. Let's it's use comparison like, for hardware. God damn, that guy did it. Did that movie on a million and a half budget? It looks so beautiful, stylish, everything that he did. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was just the skill. We you know? and we talked about this a bit last time right. as far as like a one point five million dollar budget in comparison to a five point two million budget right. that night class of nineteen ninety nine was yeah and then you look at this movie split second was a seven million dollar budget more than any of the two and, and it looked go, like less of a budget it looked like less than both of those films. yeah it really did and it came out what two or three years later yeah so where two years yeah. where did the money go I and don't know. i feel like it went to the actors well you typically don't see fucking movies this take place in england first no. of all so that was like a weird choice, and a lot of lot of lot of like producers and shit like that will choose a different location because you know your meat and potatoes from fucking money is usually fucking U.S. Right? Because people can relate to that, quote unquote. But they did it in England. I don't know why it costs so much money, but it is like you said, it is a little disappointing. However, yeah. I will say that the creature does look pretty cool. And for fuck's sake, what creature have you seen that shoots fucking guns? First of all, yeah, it's smart. that's pretty and, badass. And I feel like the creature is mostly human. And they hint to that a little bit when they're explaining the fact that they discover that it has little bits of um, DNA from all of its victims. Right, which so is alien, totally alien. This character, absolutely. It looks how, like the alien. It looks creature. like the fucking alien, and it drove me fucking crazy. Right, but it's part rat. It's part to me. It looks like it's this rat character, like this a rat that technically bit someone and evolved from that point up. Right, and that's to me how I depict it. And you know what's funny now that I think of it, because this is such a global. This is all based on global warming, guys. So global warming is taken over because of pollution and everything like that, which is okay. This is a ninety-two, and today even we're dealing with like global warming, whether you believe it or not. It's a fucking thing. And he's a big, big, big environmentalist, so you can see that this movie would appeal to him. 
Right. That's probably why he bought on to this movie. Oh, I'm sure. Because he felt like it was going to have some sort of socio-political, environmental impact. Right. And, and Because it's, I don't know. the creature is essentially made from all the smog and all the, like, pollution and all the, like, chemicals. And I guess, like, that's, I. it was a little confusing to me. The creature is a total rip-off fucking alien. It though. is. And, and, it lo- and it has a mask. It has a visor over its eyes. You know what it reminds me of? Judge Dredd. Yes. Do you know like fucking yes. death? Yes. Like fucking death? Yes. Who does the Judge Dread as well and Thank it's you. like the visor <laughs> over his head? I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. Okay. But you don't even see the creature until like more than half, like like almost the end. Yeah, it's like two thirds into the movie get at a least. Full feel of the creature until the final thirty minutes of the film. Right. And then when they do the close-ups of the creature, it is a straight mouth focus, and it is a full-on ripoff of Alien. It doesn't have the lip quivery thing. It doesn't. It doesn't have and the tongue thing. It's not as creepy, and right. it's not as sexually creepy i don't know i fucking love alien so it's just that's a beautiful fucking portrayal there was monster the whole movie though i felt like it wasn't even a creature at all it feels so human right and how i think that was intentional trying to um to pick apart its psyche right and all the little bits of him saying that he didn't think it was a, a psychotic, he thought, or he didn't think it was a psychotic, he thought it was a psycho or whatever. He, you know, his little right. psychiatric review or dictation of of the monster. Oh, and what is it called? The FBI? What do you call it? Profiling. Profiling, yeah. Right. And it's very interesting. And I think that kind of takes away from the movie. It does. As a creature feature. It's distracting. But it's almost topical because this movie feels more like a buddy comedy (laughs) wrapped in a supernatural, alien, environmental, horror sort of movie. Right. It feels like, and, and I'm not trying to put this down. I know some of you guys out there are like huge fans of this movie. I have a couple of friends that just will not stop talking about this movie. Chris, if you're listening, I know. I know. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> He's my buddy from back in Maryland. He always loved this movie. Um, I do like it, though. I don't hate it, but I don't think, I don't know. It's hard to explain, and I know these these are not great Rucker Hauer movies necessarily, um, but I still appreciate Rucker Hauer, so I wanted to give him a shout out because I remember him from the 90s. But as far as this movie goes, like, I don't know. There's there's good and there's bad in this there. This is one of his worst, I in honest, my opinion, I don't think it's... His acting. Maybe, but in the same regard, he's the only thing that makes this movie worthwhile, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Him and Kim Cattrall. Those two are in... in together i do like the buddy cop thing that he's got going on with his uh alistair duncan alistair neil Mm -hmm. duncan that he um, has his partner with i liked how they he was a dick to him the whole time Mm -hmm. and then they soon became friends like i thought that buddy cop thing i lost my partner buddy cop thing was pretty cool it's pretty typical but i thought i thought they worked good together overall it was still a fun film yeah you know you can't you can't take that away there were some stupid choices they made. There were a lot of stupid. Yeah, choices there was some like made. air like parts where it was like too long. It didn't really need to be there. A lot of like the love interest wasn't really there. Okay, I'm sorry, but where I got really fucking pissed off and really lost is at the end where they're trying to. Well, don't 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 say it yet. We say that to the very end. <sighs> yeah, the end is for the end. Man. <laughs> 
I have a couple of favorite scenes. I let you go first last time, so I want to talk yeah, about go. it. Favorite scenes is probably within the first six minutes of the film. <laughs> he walks. Say what and, my favorite. Yeah, scene hey is. man, you got to go first Fuck last you, time. Alex. I I did say your favorite scene last time first, so go ahead. So Rucker Howard gets he's like in this car. He's like looks like he's getting prepared for something. He takes this long ride to the city, and then he gets out of the car and he walks down this alleyway, and all these people are walking past him, and he's just being Rucker Howard badass, and he's wearing his trench coat and he's walking along, and all of a sudden this little dog darts out of a hole on the side of the wall. Little dog, it's a fucking it's a Rottweiler. Rottweiler, yeah, it's not a little dog, and it jumps out. <laughs> And it starts barking at him, and he just throws the badge in the dog's face, and he's like, police, dickhead. (laughs) That's my favorite scene, too. And and by the way, of all the movies I've seen badges in, this is the worst fucking badge I've ever seen in a fucking movie. It literally looked like they just printed it on a leather fucking wallet. Like, like the worst, like every badge I've seen in any movie, especially a sci-fi fucking horror movie. Not even Photoshop bad. It's like straight up fucking paint. Yeah. Bad. I was like, like, dude, what the fuck? I didn't even know what he was throwing. I was like, is that a kid's badge? Like, what are you throwing at him? (laughs) Would they run out of metal? Like, I don't understand. They must have run on a budget, but they had seven million. What the fuck? That's seven million. And then when they came to the badges, they're like, fuck, we're out of money. I know that's a a really stupid thing to be irritated about, but it really did bother me. It's not. Yeah. Every time he flashed it, though, it was like it had no impact. Not at all. That should, like, if he had that flashing badge, like, it would have been so much. It just had that little extra. I don't know. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. (laughs) Absolutely agree. And, And the funny thing I do like about his banter because this isn't the first time he runs into the dog he actually runs into the dog like three times and he talks to the dog better than any of the humans around him he does so and that's kind of i love that i love that element that they put in there that's just the i don't know the camaraderie that he has with the dog is and it's so much more genuine than he is to human beings because he just doesn't want to get close to anybody anymore because he lost one of the closest things to him and that's like rucker howard's character in this movie harley stone harley stone they make a fucking crap that's a bad name too later in the film because when they discover the fucking harley davidson motorcycle and then he i think it's his partner or right. whatever this that is cop like, bike. blows his fucking load all over the fact that his actual name is Harley. Right. And I'm like, why is that a thing? <laughs> why is that even know. important? Like, why'd you just jizz all over the fact that his name is fucking Harley? I'm not understanding. But <laughs> whatever. Do you have another uh, good or bad moment that you can think of? <sighs> I can think of one. Can you? Yeah. The like, whole movie is just a giant... Blur well, this this creature keeps going around killing off different people, and he keeps like every time he, every time he's like hunting it, he has this link, and he kind of knows where this creature is going to be. And everybody's like, "How the fuck do you always know where he's going to be?" And they almost kind of like point the blame at him, but not really. And then they there was a part where like it was like linked to his girlfriend, like this girl that was wasn't it the wife of his cop partner? No, okay, so. That's where I got confused. Uh, yes. So her character, um, Kim Cattrall's character, is actually, she was the wife of his former partner. Right. The partner that was killed by the creature. And they both loved him so much so they became close. After they, 
after the the partner died, they ended up having an affair with each other. And so that's it's not really happened. an affair. It's technically not an affair. He's dead. But, <laughs> right. But they do write it off as an affair between the two of them. Sure. Um, so who knows? Maybe it started prior to his death or whatever. Maybe that's why he feels extra guilty about it because they started fucking prior to he actually died. Who okay. Knows? That could make more sense. That's, that's why, why they he haven't feels like hooked more up guilt right. behind it. But they fucking hook up. Like, like they hook up. Still. Yeah. Like they're they love each other. They're gonna fuck each other. They may not love each other, but they're gonna fuck. <laughs> so and then, you know what's funny? I do like. When she first comes over to his place, because she runs into him somewhere, I can't remember where, but she runs into him, she comes over to his place, and his place is a fucking wreck. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks like a machine shop with dirty fucking chocolate donut bags everywhere. It is a machine shop with dirty chocolate bags Yeah, it's, like, really bad, and he doesn't give a fuck. And she's, like, totally cool with it. Yeah. She's just like, whatever, I'm going to sleep here, I'm going to, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was funny. She lets he falls asleep. She lets him stay asleep, and then she just kind of sleeps next to well, him. Well, and and back to the thing that the creature attaches onto her mm-hmm. and starts targeting her. She's bait, and then all of a sudden he decides to leave, leave her. her. Like after he finds out that the fucking creature is now attached <sighs> to getting her, he leaves. Like what I the can't fuck with that shit. Well, it did kind of throw him off the scent a little bit. Although, didn't he go to the, like the police station or some dumb shit? Oh, it was stupid. Like, <laughs> it was just... I was like, dude, why would you just leave her? And then all of a sudden, she's being like attacked. Doesn't she get scratched? She gets bit. She gets bit. On well, the no, shoulder he makes it back to her to his house where she's at in time. She got bit, in and the then shower. she goes to take a shower, and the creature somehow got in there, which makes no fucking sense. It bites her. It makes sense to me. And now they both have the connection to, to me, the creature. I don't know how she wasn't dead. What? Right? Why would it just bite her? If I was that creature, I would go and kill her fucking bitch ass in the shower. That's my ultimate revenge on this right. fucker. That's what I'm saying. So all he does though is like bite her in the shoulder, and then that's it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, there's so many like disconnected points. Yeah. In this film, which was my ultimate takeaway of issues that I had. However, mm-hmm. it was still fun to watch. I mean, a little slow. It, a little there boring, was tidbits here and there. Points, but how it's still a great film to watch. I recommend it. It's not a film that I'm going to say, don't waste your fucking time. It's better than Seed People. It's way fucking better than Seed People. (laughs) Because Seed People, as you guys know, I had nothing to fucking say It's probably like a six. To me, Seed People is like a two. Well, I'm talking about this one, though. Split second, I would give a solid six, 6.5. Maybe. Yeah, six seems about right. The story's great. It's a movie I want to own, idea. and I wish they would bring it to a fucking America, but it's only in German. It's a great Like, you can idea. only get a German Blu-ray of it. Right. The acting is subpar as far as the main actor, Rucker Howard. This is one of his worst films as far as acting goes. Didn't flow well. Not at all. But he's um, funny in it. Kim Cattrall, however, if you're a fan of Sex and the City, she's great. Yeah. Um, everybody else in this film is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's actually the worst of all of the actors in this movie. 
Well, I have a couple other Give scenes before we we close it up. Please go. Yeah, there's um one of my one of the scenes I did really like in this movie, and this is something we're getting into spoiler territory, guys. So you might want to so earmuffs you know, if you don't want to hear about be it. Ruined. But you're not. We're not exactly ruining the best movie we've it's ever seen. It's not the best movie you've ever seen. Um, but there is a moment where he's hunting this creature, and they finally get a beat on it, and they get these fucking kick ass fucking sixteen rounds per second shotguns that look like fucking howitzers like that spin and like shoot and just destroy everything that that shit's badass but there's a part where him his partner and kim cattrall are all like hunting for this creature at this point and it's hiding from them and they um he finds it in a train car and all of a sudden this hand comes down over his face mm. And pulls his glasses off. That's my off. favorite scene. And then I thought shit was about to get freaky because no, it was kind of sexual. It I'll was very honest. sexual. <laughs> that's my favorite scene because the intimacy that's involved with it. It really is. It's very intimate and it's very. It's toying with him. It really shows this connection that they're trying to portray the entire film between him and this beast. Killer. Killer, See, again, whatever. it's a creature, but a it creature. treats it. It's almost like it's a serial killer. It's a human. The way it acts. To me, it's a human. It feels right. like it's a human. It's portrayed essentially as a human. Yeah. So it's interesting that you point that out because I love that little. And it's about 30 seconds of just pure gold. But it literally is. Just and he's freaked that, the fuck out. Oh, he's scared. And yeah. that's his best acting in the entire film yeah and then he has like a 30 second moment he has like a fight with the creature in this this train car it's great and then there's a hole in the roof and his buddy throws like a fucking uh what is it called a flash grenade Mm -hmm. like a huge one throws it in the car and they both all jump like how rucker howard's like oh just in time and he jumps out a window all stupid and then they all run into a tunnel and it's not dead yet it doesn't even scream that's the other weird thing Right. Like, you never hear the creature make any noise whatsoever. It doesn't... It's like, I don't know. It's just, like, silent right. <laughs> the whole fucking time. It just breathes like a human. Right. And then and then they try to electrocute it, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of stupid Watch and this. silly. It's like this whole scene was way too long for the electrocution. It was like, what else can we do to it, guys? Let's just throw this in there. Yeah. And then... He faces the creature, and the creature doesn't want to kill him almost, and it's like it could kill him instantly, but instead he punches it in the chest. <laughs> Removes it. Oh, yeah. should we keep... In? I feel like Fuck it, stop. man. We're okay, all already, okay. already in. So he punches it in the chest and removes its heart, which the entire story plot is that this creature breaks through the chest cavity of its victims and removes its its heart heart and eats it or has it an appetizer. So that's how essentially this ends is he ends up face to face with the creature. He busts through its chest, removes its heart. The creature falls. The creature kind of lays back and falls and his friends blow it up with their fucking 16 round per second. Yeah. Shotgun. Automatic shotgun. All of a sudden he takes his big fucking like cannon. He calls it basically. Yeah. Cannon and puts it to the heart and says sweet dreams. Bang. Wastes it. And I mean, the ending sequence is pretty great, but I felt like it was a little bit lackluster it really didn't land right not at all it was like they were like up on the bar doing some pretty cool spins for a little bit wasn't perfect and then they flipped through the air smacked the fucking beam on the roof and then hit their head on the way 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There was so many more cool things they could have done with it, and I felt like that the end, like I f- understand what they were trying to do. See, and and I think they were like I got to give them credit for trying to do something different because they were trying to make a creature very human. I right. think, and then which sounds good on paper, but when you see this creature, you're like, dude, this thing should have been shrieking. It's almost like it was just toying with him the whole time. It wasn't like trying to, I don't know. It just wasn't very scary. There, there was no scare. It's not scary at all. No, Nothing none. About it is scary. Like it just, it just was like, oh, hey, what's up, Hank? Hey, Hank. Hey, guys. Yep, kill him again. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go have a drink of water. I'll see you later. <laughs> later, Hank. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. This is a cult movie, guys. Absolutely so there are is. people that really love this film, and the, and I totally understand why they do. It is kind of a hidden gem that a lot of people have forgotten about. And I think it's only available on VHS if you can find it. But there is literally like seven streams on YouTube if oh, you yeah. guys want to check it out. It's on YouTube. Very great I, quality. I don't feel bad telling anybody that because, honestly, it's a very hard movie to get. Go catch it while you can. But Trust there is a German Blu-ray of it. If you really want to get it. So I think it's about that time that we move on to the next movie. Our final movie. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Boom. In your the face, movie. sucker. Yeah, they made a movie. <laughs> what year did it come out, Brittany? It came out in 1992. Okay. Um, let me give you a, a pretty fairly brief synopsis. Okay. <clears throat> in 1992, Los Angeles, the new Vampire Slayer is cheerleader Buffy. Three bodies have been found with really gross hickeys on their necks. It takes Merrick the Watcher some time, but he finally convinces Buffy that she is indeed the chosen one. When Merrick is killed by the Master Lothos and Buffy links up with Nerdy Pike, she realizes how serious the vampire business really is. (laughs) Things come to a head when vampires crash the senior prom. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard for me to do a Valley Girl thing, so I tried my best on No, that. you're good. You're good. <laughs> but yeah, this... Oh, this fucking movie. <laughs> like, I can't. It was directed, mm. by the way, guys, by Fran Rubel Kuzoy. I think <laughs> I'm saying that name correctly. But this is the director who pretty much turned into the producer for all the Buffy the Vampire TV shows. Uh, Also did a movie called Tokyo Pop uh, as a director. Also did mostly a producer. Actually, they actually even produced the movie Orgasmo by the South Park guys. Uh, It was also written, obviously, by Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon, if you aren't familiar with him, then you probably don't even know what superheroes are um, because he is pretty much the the guy Master. that everybody goes to for Marvel. And he's done a lot of the Marvel Universe uh, writing. He became very popular after um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. Interesting story about him and this movie in particular. He doesn't like it. He hates it. Like, Joss Whedon's like, fuck this movie. I don't consider it canon, part of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show whatsoever. I don't want anything to do with it uh, other than because he had a lot of issues because everybody kept changing the movie. He wanted to make a dark horror sort of big time movie and they turned it into kind of a slapstick, funny spoof. Right. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) 
he actually it did do very very oh, fucking very well. well so it's in- insane to see and it's still a well very big movie for a lot of people in the 90s Yet a lot of people don't know it's actually a movie right the movie actually had a budget of seven million you're right yay me and it made uh, sixteen point <laughs> six million. God, sorry. Right, and <laughs> and to give you guys kind of an idea of the cast, by the way, um, we're just gonna shoot through some of these because there is literally too many like, fucking everybody actors. Everybody has a goddamn cameo in this movie. This movie was like, hey, everybody, let's go just have an orgy, and they were like, cool, let's do whatever we can. Now the funny thing is, is that this movie like kind of fell together and fell apart while they were doing it and it's a hot fucking mess it's up and down and like all the actors didn't get along luke perry was an egotistical asshole donald sutherland was like impossible to work with the director absolutely and his comment his comments about donald sutherland are actually hilarious oh yeah 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 joss whedon's points sure donald sutherland were interesting well let's go through the some of the cast Mm -hmm. here we got christy swanson who was in mannequin 2 she was in ferris bueller's day off Mm -hmm. she was in dude where's my car a pretty big list of different movies that she's been in donald sutherland who was in numerous movies that i can't even most recently you'll know him from the um oh my god i'm gonna forget the name of the series it's gonna kill me hunger games Hunger Games, yeah. He's most yeah. recently in the Hunger Games He's series. the good guy that's on the... He's not a good guy. He's the bad guy. He's well, you think he's snow. the good guy in the first one. Yeah, you kind of think that, but no, he's he's um, Snow. He's the bad guy. Right. But he also was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 80s remake. I love Donald Sutherland. So. Paul, Paul Rubens, otherwise known as Pee Wee Herman, mm-hmm. plays the vampire uh, assistant. <laughs> put it nicely would you call it um i call him a vamp queer (laughs) (laughs) obviously rucker howard plays the king fucking vampire named lothos luke perry plays pike who is the outcast kind of guy who somehow mingles with buffy the head girl michelle abrams is in this movie she's been actually in a lot of different other stuff um she was in junior cool world she was the roommate of the girl in cool world Huh? Jenny in this film. She's Jenny. Jennifer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Swank's first movie. First movie ever, which right. is insane to me that this is her first film. Kind of a big deal for her. Um, We also had, let's see. Who David, Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah, he was a baby um, in this. He looked like fucking Trent Reznor in this, by the way. Did. We also had Sasha Jensen, which was in Dazed and Confused. Right. He was like the paddle guy. Well, he was friends mm, with the paddle guy. He was uh, one of the stoners. They even made a joke in this movie about it yeah (laughs) what did he say bye bye Mm -hmm. bye bye or or what did he say bye bye or something like that no i I but they made a joke from that movie glorious um and also um steven root oh fuck yeah i love steven root dude he He was in get out the um stapler yeah have you seen my stapler he was in office office space. space dodgeball he does voiceover work and fucking king of the hill he's in so much shit it's absolutely insane i love him he's so great and he he's one of those people that plays very like he has cameo roles and he's always good and i love this like detention 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 is that it do you want to know who else was in this movie that i didn't know about (laughs) who thomas jane what who played the punisher right yeah. Who the fuck is he? And he was also movie? in The Mist. Shut up. Yeah. Who did he play? He played Tom James. <laughs> 
I don't know. That's what I'm like. Uh, what? Seth Green's also in this. Even for a minute. Did you see the back claims, of his head? Even though he claims that he was cut from this film, he is still in it for three solid seconds. You see the back yeah. of his little red head. Which is a, my favorite part of, of oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite role of Seth <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and I'm just going to name off one more, and, and probably one that nobody even thinks about, but he's in it for literally like three to five seconds. You're never going to believe this. Ben Affleck. He is. Yeah. He absolutely is. And I love that. Like, yeah, he was just, in. Uh, he was the he was the basketball player yeah, when fucking what's the, his name goes up. Opposing team basketball player. Oh, he, he says he gives the ball to him. Right. And you know who? Dazed remember and Confused when we, guy. Yeah. The Dazed and Confused guy, which is Sasha Jensen. He says, aha. <laughs> he said that in the fucking Dazed yes! and Confused movie. That's why <laughs> right. I was like, what You're the right. fuck? That's the ode to Dazed and uh-huh. Confused. They give. Yeah. No, that's a very, very, very young Ben Affleck. And I, right. I caught that. And I, I, sw- I like smacked Mouse on the fucking arm. And he's just like, what's not Ben Affleck? What's it is. It's the. It's he was nineteen years old, dude. He's so young. Fucking young, baby. Just a wee baby. Um. But so. So, what do you think of this movie? Well, actually, let me tell my thoughts. You've been going the past two times, so let me let me jump in and I, throw my little two pence. In I have it. not been going last. Yes, you have. You've been going first every time. Oh, you right. I probably have. You did well, see people, first, and you so. did this last one. Continue. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Let me. I, one of the things I thought about this movie is it's like. There was all this little like nostalgia thrown in. As much as I think of this movie as like, oh god, a Valley Girl movie or something, you know, or because Valley Girl was like big in the eighties and nineties, like it carried into the nineties. But this movie is like very pop culture. It is very poppy. Uh, whether Joss Whedon likes it or not, I still think that this is an epitome nineties movie. Absolutely. Like it is one of the biggest budget nineties epitome movies that you can think of. Like one of. There's many. It's very lightly horror. It's more of like a horror comedy or comedy horror. After rewatching it again, I laughed quite a bit and I actually enjoyed quite a bit of this movie. And, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not like a, you know, huge Joss Whedon hand jobber or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I think he's really good at what he does. But I still like this movie, and it's obviously it had to do with his idea. So he was the original idea writer of it, but they turned it into a comedy. I don't think that that's a horrible thing. I personally wasn't a big fan in the TV show that everybody was like wrapped up in and Buffy. Like, I know a lot of people that were like, Buffy, Buffy, oh my God, this is the best thing on TV for like the longest time on WB. Then it spun off into two other things. But this one in particular for me, I thought was a lot of fun. It had an insane amount of people in the cast. I was always like, oh my God, that guy. Oh my God, that guy. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. There was some really funny jokes in it. Like, it wasn't super annoying. It was like Clueless meets Vampires. Oh, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. This is yeah. Clueless meets Vampires. This was the most fun. There's far the worse story. comedies in the there 90s. Far <laughs> fucking worse comedies in the 90s. I actually enjoy this film a lot more than I thought I was going to. Me too, yeah. Going into it, and I was actually pretty impressed. Christina was too. She was like, oh my For god. For the most part, um, especially considering that there's a lot of different choices that they originally wanted to do for, you know, who played Buffy in the original movie or who he wanted to cast as Buffy, I should say, right. versus who he had, you know, and there was a lot of other casting choices that he wanted to have, sure. but there was budgetary restrictions and he couldn't have Well, who kids. was the other person? Alyssa Milano was supposed to be That's right. Buffy. Yeah. Um, she was big hot topic right then. She didn't 
she didn't really become bigger until a little bit later, though. So, But she I, was on Who's the Boss? No, she was big, but I, I feel like she didn't become as big as she was until a, bit, a little bit later in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. She was I feel like she huge in the great, 80s, though. dude. She was big. Everybody, every guy that watched TV that was a kid well, everybody wanted to fuck loved her, whether they wanted to hug her, kiss her, whatever, you know. Yeah, everyone wanted to stick their dick. Everybody was like into Alyssa Milano. And I feel like that maybe could have helped this film a little bit more, but I mean, it still did really well in the box office, so yeah. who really cares? Like... Well, would admit it would have made them an extra maybe seventeen million instead of sixteen. Like I don't know. Well, at the time, I think that they were like when they were doing the TV shows, they were probably like, "Hey, if you can make this work on a TV show," because they weren't throwing big, 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 big money at TV no. shows. But this is one of the first shows I think that started the trend, right? Of, hey, maybe we should sink more money into these TV shows. Absolutely. Because TV shows were not like they were big, but they weren't like Breaking Bad big. No. I felt like this movie was really fun. It's, I love the series, the television series, a lot more than I like this movie. Yeah. But. I'm glad you watched it because I never have. I did watch episodes, but I was never like, I like fiending for I'm it. I'm not. I haven't seen the entire series. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front and say that I have. I haven't. Sure. Okay. But I've seen a 90% or so of the series. Okay. And I'm still going back and reiterating it for myself. So, Twin Peaks was the show when I was younger. Well, Twin Peaks is great. That was the show that really got me invested right. in a show. I, I really have never given TV shows the time of day until around, like, honestly, like, because everything was sitcoms, you know? Right. Situational comedies or some sort of, like, every news, there was a news story with the same characters every episode. Well, eventually, though, Joss Whedon was able to get this story out, the original one that he planned into a comic form. Mm-hmm. It was called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Origins. The Origins. Yeah. Right. So at least he got that part out. But then technically, if you want to consider his real body of work of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the TV show. Yeah. And I, I love the show. I just, I don't know. I, I can't say much about it. It's so fun. Like, please go back and start from the beginning and watch as much as you can of it. It's, it's, it's a fun series. Well, and, and this movie, he There's just, he just completely in. says, this is not canon. No, it's not part of the he fucking Buffy it. thing. That's, and I understand he left. No, I can't, I get he it. He left in the middle of the thing because of Donald Sutherland. He hated him. He called he, him a dick. Yeah. Cause like <laughs> Donald Sutherland wanted to change all the lines. No, he, oh, he, he was trying to tell the director how to direct. Mm-hmm. Because he's just long in the tooth. He found him extremely difficult to be around. He yeah. actually rewrote most of his dialogue in his scenes. And he actually ended up making a lot of the scenes completely incomprehensible. Right. Um, in in, in Josh Whedon, Joss Whedon's opinion. But he praised his abilities as an actor, but he called his behavior rude. And he actually referred to him as being a dick. Oh, it's not a secret. I can totally understand that. But Donald Sutherland is a professional actor. And so, I mean, I get it. He's he agreed to take on this role and he's getting subpar material. Of course, he's going to want to take it and try and. Yeah, he wants to make it fun for him. Probably he tried to make it. And you know what? And I'm sure he took the shit that he was given and tried to make it great. Right. And you can tell he's trying. But it's still bad. I think if Donald Sutherland would have known then what he probably would know now, mm-hmm. <laughs> he wouldn't be arguing with him, you know, because he's he's one of the highest paid writers in fucking Hollywood. Absolutely. 
So, I mean, he wrote two of the biggest box office movies ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then when people don't know what to do, they call in Joss Whedon like some fucking hero, and yeah, he like, flies in on his helicopter, some fucking Bangladesh fucking or some shit. Spiritual fucking messiah. <laughs> That is Joss Whedon. Dude, it must be the life to be Joss Whedon. Dude, he must get his dick sucked like every All day. day. Every day, I He's guess. like, I'm brushing I'm, my I'm, teeth. I need a dick sucking. I'm like it's 24-7 for him. I don't know. I, mean, I wouldn't suck his dick. I'm just could. saying like, you know. Did you catch, by the way, did you catch Ricky Lake in this movie? Yes, she's the waitress. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. She was kind of a smart so ass funny. too. Like, she comes in and I'm just like, this fucking Ricky Lake. And she was in Hairspray, but. She's in a lot of shit. You've ever seen Hairspray? Yes, I've seen yeah. Hairspray. Musical? Mm-hmm. I'm not a musical person, but I've Neither seen Hairspray. Neither am I. However, I do have a kind of a little fun side fact. Oh. And if you were going to mention it, sorry, but I'm going to Go mention ahead. it first. Um, so they actually had intentionally planned for some cameo roles as vampires. Oh. Um, they actually wanted to cast David Bowie, Mick Jagger, and Carrie Ewells. Yes. Um, however, due to... Budgetary, budgetary restraints, restraints yeah. and restrictions. Obviously. They couldn't have them cast, but they did essentially wanted them to be vampire cameos, and which I felt like would have been fantastic, but... Eh, I don't think the movie needed it. They didn't need it, and no. I'm, I'm really glad they didn't spend the extra Jeez, money like, to How many fucking cameos it, movie, I mean, does this movie need? At least like, one of them would have been really cool, but I feel yeah. like Carrie Yules would have been enough. <laughs> but like, how many fucking He's cameos... He's probably the cheapest of the three. It was like so many aha moments. Like, aha! Oh! Eh, I did, yeah, eh. The whole time, you're distracted from the story because you're going, oh, 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 fuck! Like... What the fuck? This person's in this. This person's in this. Oh my god, he's a total fucking vamp queer. Oh my god, this is her first movie. Look at how big her mouth is. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're talking, talking about Hillary Swank? <laughs> 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 All over the place with these people. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, you start, to, you start to finish. It's so fucked up, dude. <laughs> I called you out on that shit. But no, she's a great actress, but I just I can't focus on. <laughs> she's got a horse mouth. How giant her mouth is! She, uh, dude, have you ever wants, seen her eat a carrot? Everybody wants to call <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker and say she's a horse face, and I'm just like, have you seen Hillary's face? Because guys, first um, of all, just to clear the air of any kind of like uh, no assumptions or whatever, like. I just say stupid shit. We like I, stupid I really shit. don't care if you fuck horses. Like, like whatever. We do care if you fuck horses. But I don't want you to fuck horses, But my point don't is, don't fuck is like, horses. That's gross. I don't judge people. I do based on their looks or mm. whatever. Anyway, she does eat carrots really Not about well. Looks. I'll take that back. I do judge you if you're bestiality. I, I heard I like you. one of the really interesting facts about Hillary Swank though is like you ever seen the movie uh, Mr. Ed or the sh- TV show? You ever heard of it? Uh huh. Do you know how they got him to talk? Peanut butter. No, they stuck a carrot in his ass, and Fuck they also you, put peanut serious? butter in his mouth. I didn't read the carrot in the ass part. Which, I straight up just saw the peanut butter. In strangely the mouth. enough, that's how they got Hillary Swank to talk. <laughs> I'm going to be fucking sued. <laughs> no, I like I like Hillary Swank. I love how nonchalantly we just, led up into that. Dude, we are drunk and shit just happens. Oh, I'm sober by this point. Are you? I'm, I'm not. I drink more of that vo- or the like, Jag. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go over some of our favorite parts and why we like them and stuff like that. 
I'll let you go. My favorite scene is when David Arquette's vampire character comes up and he's floating outside the window. Fuck! That's my favorite. For Pike. That's my favorite scene. Yeah, that's Pike's so funny. Pike obviously like, feels like he's still high as fuck or whatever, and he's just like... Go home, Ben. Go home, Ben. <laughs> I'm hungry. You're floating, man. Like It's so oh, stupid. You're fucking floating, man. It's so like, good, go home. But it's so good. I it's love so them, funny. And I love the repertoire between the two of them. Did you know what's fast. funny about that scene right there? What? He's a vampire, right? Right. When they show the scene of him floating outside, you see his reflection. You see his reflection. Yeah. I did catch him. <laughs> I did notice that. And I was like, hmm. There was another one that I did like, but there's another one too. I have so many. There, there's some really funny lines in this. There are. Um, this movie's hilarious. When the guy from Dazed and Confused, Sasha Jensen, Sasha Jensen. who plays Grueler mm-hmm. in this movie, he's like, aha. She was like, you're my friend. Buffy says this. She's like, you were my friend, remember? And he's like, and now I'm a god. And then Luke Perry comes up, Pike, comes up behind him. He's like, and now you're a coat rack. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. But it's so funny. Like, (laughs) Guys, first of all, you got to remember that there was a show at this time that was quite popular. And there were several seasons of it. It was 90210. Mm-hmm. And this show was fucking big, okay? This is bigger than Buffy was at the time. You know what I mean? Like, there was no Buffy. 90210 was, like, the hot news show. And Luke Perry was, like, at the prime of his career. Everybody was calling him, Oh, it's fucking, oh, my God, it's the new James Dean. And it's like, no, he's not James Dean. But he thought he was. So get this. Robert Downey Jr. came on the set. And he saw Luke Perry kind of being a dick. Luke Perry was like, blah, 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 blah. And then Luke, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like, oh, you're the uh, new guy. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get over it, okay? And then he he walked away from fucking Luke Perry. But Luke Perry was like, oh, man, that was like so fucking cool that he said that to me. <laughs> right. He was like, that was so cool, dickhead. Like, that's so Robert Downey Jr. So, and look where Luke Perry is now. And look where Robert Downey Jr. is mm-hmm. now. Night and day. Yeah. Get over your ego is basically what he was trying to tell him. Bitch. Yeah. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. got over his ego. Um, He made one of the biggest comebacks in all of comeback history. Of any actor. Of any fucking actor. Yeah. Like, that guy was in drug hell. Whew. So, what is another favorite whole, scene? The whole fucking movie's fun to me, Alex. Like, I, I can't. See, this is why. Like, I, it, it's hard for me to pick scenes from movies that I actually thought were really Okay, fun. well then let me tell mine. But Okay, girl. Alright. So there's a part where fucking Pee Wee Herman <laughs> is like... There's two oh, parts. No, no, no. There's okay. two parts. Hold okay, on. Okay. Hold on. Okay, okay. This is a two-parter. Yes. So Pee Wee Herman loses his arm to Luke Perry. Oh, That's what I was and then, and then later on, he's like, we're immortal, Buffy. We can do anything. And she's like, oh yeah? Clap. Yes! <laughs> Yes, that was okay. like I was like, yeah. Uh, I stole your favorite for the first one. Yeah, you did I get this one, my motherfucker. Second favorite, so I'm flipping <laughs> birds to you all fucking day right now. And but yes, oh yeah. And yeah, but I'm like, oh genius. One of the funny things about the Paul Rubin death is he gets stabbed in the chest with a fucking ruler, <laughs> which is so appropriate to this movie. And then he proceeds to die in the slowest way possible. Yes. Out of pure improv. Oh, he sucks the dick out of that fucking scene. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely does. And it's so fucking funny the whole time. He's just like, ah! So fantastic. This movie is goddamn terrible, but it is 
fucking hilarious. Something I wanted to mention about Pee Wee Herman, a.k.a. Paul Rubens. Technically, Paul Rubens is his real name. This was literally right before he got caught masturbating Mm. in a porno theater in New York. If you guys don't know about this, if you know who Pee Wee Herman is, he just put out a new movie on Netflix. It was like Pee Wee's Big Holiday. But Paul Rubens was actually, this is like a big deal because everybody knew Paul Rubens as Pee Wee. And so just like child actors who play these sweet, tender roles that everyone loves and thinks they're like the most innocent fucking sunflower that the world's ever given birth to. Uh, He was in a theater and started masturbating. (laughs) And uh, he got caught. (laughs) I guess it was in Studio City, actually, not New York. But it was in Studio City, California. He was charged with exposure of a sexual organ. He was released from county jail, posting a $219 bond. Three others were arrested on a similar charges. Uh, and this isn't like an article like when he got arrested. And it's like he may face up to 60 days in jail and a, hold on, wait a minute, $500 fine? What? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it says like one of his statements, one of his, uh, I guess, lawyers, <laughs> his lawyer did say, I don't know why he did that. But literally, guys, this is like, okay, first of all, this article that I'm reading from was published on the Daily News on July 28th of 1991. This movie came out in 92. Mm-hmm. So this was like kind of a big deal. And everybody was like watching Paul Rubens acting in this Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, thinking of him jerking off. Mm-hmm. I was. I mean, who wasn't, right? I was like, I'm watching you Am I right? your dick right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was fun to point that out. From base to tip. I mean, honestly, guys, if you haven't seen this movie, if you're just looking for some sort of fun thing in the 90s that you want to kind of epitomize it. If you want something that's like totally radical. Seriously. Oh, my God. And you want something with a keen fashion sense, a quote unquote. Keen fashion sense. That's her difference <laughs> yeah. between all the other girls. <laughs> that's why she's the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to watch something like that, uh, I think it's a funny vampire movie. I don't think it's one of the worst 90s movies or by any stretch of the imagination. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but it is. Um, It does have Rucker Hauer in it. We didn't really talk about him as Lothos. Oh, he's great. Yeah, did you know that Joss Whedon and the director both thought he did the best in the whole movie? No, I agree. They thought they were like, he was so easy to work with. He took all the lines. He didn't stray from the script. He was like campy and silly as much as possible. But he was the most believable character. What did you think of him, though? I mean, did you think of him like as because he's done other vampire movies and you know, right? He's just he is the most believable character of all the characters in this particular film. Okay. to me, he feels the most authentic. I don't know if he feels the most believable to me. He does. But I love the scene where Buffy's laying on his chest Mm -hmm. and he's just like holding Holding her. her and it's like really sweet. And then like towards the end, she's like. Ew. 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 As if. As if. 
<laughs> like this seriously is clueless but with vampires it totally is and yeah. i loved it totally i fucking is. love clueless i fucking like, love that oh movie girl god. oh my god For real though clueless is fantastic <laughs> this is nowhere near as good as clueless but it's still pretty good <laughs> it's it's funny it's hilarious it's worth it give it a shot i was surprised at how much like i liked series. it again you know i was actually surprised by how much i liked it period yeah you know, I've given it a lot of shit in my back of my head, like to- not yeah, vocally. But it's not shit that you're gonna be like, oh, you're gonna be nitpicky. It's about not a movie me. that I was like, oh, I should go see this. But after no. watching it again, it's, both me, you, Christina, or Christina, fun. you and I, we're like, damn, this actually wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. And if you're looking for a movie that epitomizes the '90s, oh, this is this it. is a really good choice for that. Absolutely. Like, it really does. Like, everybody who, the, anyone who wrote any fucking lines for this movie was very much in tune yeah. with the 90s dialogue. And to be honest, I never noticed, I would have never known that Donald Sutherland was such a huge issue in it, because I actually liked his character. I thought he was I thought he was lovable. I thought he was lovable. He was totally lovable. lovable. As Merrick, he's great. He is very lovable, but he's very de- Donald Sutherland. And that little joke they have between oh, each so other. Good. Oh, you made a joke. Yeah, and I know. Like, oh, fuck. But at the they same worked time, good like, together. It was really cute. Yeah, like, it was they worked good moment, together. And I was like, no. And the and the weird thing is, is Paul Rubens lost his left arm, which happens to be his jerking hand. His jerk hand. So like, they knew the coincidence here. They knew. <laughs> All right, we gotta stop this shit. We're gonna. I'm out of control. You're sobering up, and this is. Yeah, I'm. You're leading me down a dark path, Brittany. I'm leading you down a dark path, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for showing up and tolerating our fucking horse mouth, fist jerking, (laughs) Paul Rubens fucking like vamp queer, vamp queer, whatever shit. Queer hour. (laughs) Thank you for putting up and tolerating it with it. I appreciate you guys hanging in there. Pretty sure I didn't say like that much this time. If you don't know who Rucker Hauer is by now, you need to go out and buy a poster of him and have an intimate moment in your bedroom with him. Do it at the Stare very into his eyes. least. Yeah. If you are not familiar with Rucker Howard, please, please watch Blade Runner. Yes. And Hobo with a Shotgun. And Deadlock. And I Deadlock. love that movie. Blind Fury. Please check that out. That, yeah. Okay. But I, my personal favorite, Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, that's a good one. Love it so much. But Blade Runner, Blind Fury. Yeah. Deadlock. Deadlock's and good. And Hobo with a Shotgun. Cross Worlds is good, too. Cross, whatever. We can There's a lot of movies. Alex. We can go all fucking night. <laughs> he has a big fucking filmography, discography, with uh, Profile. Profile. Resume. Suck my dick. I don't care. It's huge. But <laughs> Check him out. Check him out if you haven't already. Books. Check him out. Check him out. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's great. He's actually directed a couple films, too. But anyways, yeah. progress. Moving on. Guys. He's great. Watch his shit. Thank you so much for stopping by this week. Watch Horse Mouse first movie. If you haven't already listened to part one on Monday, uh, it's our Hillary Swank episode. (laughs) Fuck off. Sorry. (laughs) Now, if you haven't listened to part one, it is our full moon roulette of seed people. And uh, you should definitely check that out. And if you haven't already, please go to longlivethevoid.com. Plus, if you listen to us, and you prefer iTunes, or if you don't even have an iTunes account, you better be signing up for that shit and subscribing, reviewing, and rating us, uh, because it really does go a long way to help us out, and we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Alex so. might suck your dick. No, yeah, maybe. Maybe. He might give you a If bummer. you're Rucker Hauer. 
If you're Rucker Howard, he nah, will suck your dick. Totally. <laughs> what if I can go raw dog on that ball? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> he has one ball. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep one. Here we go, Jesus. <laughs> but guys, thank you. So- <laughs> I'm gonna go raw dog on that ball. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know either. <laughs> great but yeah guys we'll see you next monday after this weekend we hope you guys have a really amazing weekend drink one on us if you take a video of our horror shots i'll fucking love you forever I'll suck your dick. <laughs> why is it always gonna be that Brittany? because i gave that you. up <laughs> i gave that up <laughs> i gave it up unless record power <laughs> anyways stay weird monsters see you guys next time Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode.